Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer of thevikingage.com. I'm here joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as some other publications, zone coverage, and bring me the news. Uh, So uh, before we get started, make sure to subscribe. To this video if you're uh, watching on youtube or subscribe to this channel like this video uh, and if you've already done those things we greatly appreciate you we just crossed the 300 subscriber threshold on youtube so that's been uh, pretty fun we just started this channel up uh, a few months ago so that's pretty exciting for us so thank you for those who have subscribed and uh you know st- sticking with us here so uh make sure you also like the viking age on twitter and facebook and uh chris i got i got no trivia or anything for you today to start off so you know let's just get right into it but i guess before you know just a simple how you doing i'm doing good um nothing really too exciting since monday kirk cousins went up at the podium and acted like the robot he is and um yeah here we are i mean i have i have nothing to share i I bought a PS5 today. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Right? Exciting. I I won the battle. I won the battle. Apparently, I beat the bots, so I can claim victory there. But I'll probably put it down and play NCAA 14 anyway. Once I get it, (laughs) it's pretty exciting. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, who uh, I think he was asked about what the differences were in like this year's offense and the previous regime, and he was like, "Eh, "Not a whole lot." And everyone's just like, "What?" Like what? What are you talking about, man? Uh, so, I yeah. wonder. I wonder what Zimmer has on him. Like, I, I'm not saying like there's some no, dirty, no. dark secret or anything, but I think there's something is up because nobody is saying anything, and nobody would say anything last year. It made sense last year because Mike Zimmer was their coach, and if they did say anything, they could get cut, they could get benched, they could get whatever. Now that Zimmer is gone, everybody's like, ah, we don't. We don't want to talk about, which is good because um, I guess taking the high road is a good thing. Now, probably not good for us who (laughs) want contents and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, that stuff comes out eventually. So we don't have to. Zimmer is going to have an interview eventually. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. Or write a book or he can write a book for Mm -hmm. sure. The amount of things that happened when he was there. All right. Today's show, we're going to start off. some more power rankings came out. I think a few few episodes ago, we talked about how ESPN had their power rankings for after the draft and, and free agency, and they weren't uh, weren't too optimistic about the Vikings. They had them at number twenty three. Uh, well, some more power rankings have come out recently from PFF and uh, NBC Sports. Peter King and they feel kind of similar to ESPN. So Peter King has in his latest power rankings the Vikings at number nineteen. So outside of the playoffs and then pff's sam monson also has the vikings outside of the playoffs but he has them even lower 
more closer to ESPN, and he has them at number 22 in his most recent power ranking. So my question for you, Chris, to start this off is, are the Vikings too high or too low in these power rankings? And does like more of them coming out and having a similar ranking, does it make you feel differently maybe about the Vikings' chances next year? I would say high end, they're probably 16th, 17th. I mean, this is a mediocre team. And much like our quarterback rankings last week that we did, I, I think a lot of teams that are in the middle there are kind of 16A, 16B, 16C. Like you could make a case for about eight or nine teams to be in that mediocre jumble in the middle of the pack. And the Vikings are one of those teams. It is a little weird because Peter King did say that he thinks that the Vikings can make a surprise run in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I, I think too, the other approach that these guys are taking is they need to see it because like we mentioned before, they are running this thing back from a team that has been under 500 to, I don't know if it's 900 days yet, but it's certainly been 800, probably closer to 900 than 800, but uh, 800, 900 days. So I mean, it's hard to get excited about this team. We could be optimistic. Um, you know, looking at Kevin O'Connell, looking at all the stuff they're doing offensively, the new defense and everything else. But I think that this is still a team that has been largely mediocre since it's run in 2017. And until they do something to prove it, you're going to see a lot of rankings in the 20s or even late teens because we just don't know, especially with Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, they just have, they haven't done a lot in the offseason aside from getting a new head coach and a new GM and they decided to bring pretty much everyone back and, and run it back, I guess, and be super competitive quote unquote from, from the owners. And I think, um, was it Bill Barnwell who came out with like the worst off seasons, uh, in the NFL? Uh, I think it was today and he had the mm -hmm. Vikings included. They weren't, the, they didn't have the worst off season, but they were among the teams that he picked. And I think it's just because they didn't make a lot of changes they when they needed to. They were 17th, which is quite fitting for this team. 16, 17, <laughs> somewhere in there. Like yeah. this whole team, to quote MJF, is mid. Everything yeah. is in the middle. It's mediocre. Um, even if some people want to jack up Kirk Cousins, it, it's still a mediocre team until they stop being a mediocre team, until they make a run, until they win some games that they're not supposed to win and kind of make us go, oh, maybe this team's for real. And we're not going to know that until the season starts. So, I mean, I have no problem with these rankings. I mean, some people will be offended, and that's fine. But until they prove it to me, I, I would put them in about the same category. Yeah, I think it's more of like uh, maybe an awakening or like a comeback down to earth. Because I think if you've been watching, you know, Vikings content this offseason, listening to interviews and watching their their highlight videos you're like oh getting getting all optimistic and jacked up about this team for next season but every team's doing that right now um mm -hmm. and, and every team's fan base you know maybe not the jaguars maybe even the jaguars because i got rid of urban meyer um are, are thinking you know like their team can make the playoffs next season maybe not the texans probably not probably not the texans um so i think these rankings were more of like okay these guys are more of a national uh they cover the, the national spectrum more than just the vikings and and they look at it more 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 broadly so them placing the vikings where they place them is kind of like oh 
okay, so this this team still has a bunch of work to do, and and I think that's pretty fair. Um, but you know what happens to the Vikings next season, twenty twenty three, if they finish, you know, as the twenty third or twenty second best team in the NFL, they blow it up. Yeah, they they blow up this roster. I mean. Quasi had his finger over the button this offseason. He thought about it, but he's like, nah, I'm going to wait. And, you know, at first it's kind of a decision where you're just like, why don't you blow it up? This team hasn't done anything over the past two years. But when you think about it, it's all about the cap game. Because right now, if they cut a whole bunch of people going into this season, they would have so much dead money on the books that they wouldn't be able to do anything. They can't manipulate it. They can't do anything with it. So why not bring those players back and why not try it for one more year and see if the coach was the problem. See if Kevin O'Connell can squeeze a couple more wins out of this team by waiting next year. You can get out from Dalvin cook. You could get out. Um, you could have gotten out from Adam Thielen, but you extended him. You know, a lot of these players have lower cap hits where if this isn't working, then you hit the reset button. You start the only problem. And Bill Barnwell mentioned this in the article you were talking about was that you could look at this a couple years down the road and be like, man, if we had started over one year earlier, we would be in a much better spot because think about it. If you make trades this off season, you know, I mean, even the trade from pick 12 to 32, get Detroit's second rounder, which is probably going to be, what, first five picks of the second round. I know a lot of people are kind of feeling Detroit a little bit, but I mean, it's likely it's going to be a very early second round pick or find a way to get a first round pick. You weren't going to get first and second rounders for a lot of players on there. This isn't Madden, but... I mean, stockpiling picks for the 2023 draft, which figures to be deeper than this current draft, uh, especially at the quarterback position, could prove to be costly. So, I mean, I think if this team falls flat on its face, we're going to see some major changes to the roster because we know Quasey and Kevin O'Connell aren't losing their jobs after year one. It's going to be on the players. Yeah, uh, you brought up, you know, they weren't going to get first round picks. How many players... On the Vikings roster, do you think they can get first round picks for like what Justin Jefferson, Brian O'Neill? Yeah, uh, NFL uh, trades are uh, so weird. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's hard to predict. Like, like I don't think they're going to get a first round pick for Daniel Hunter this summer if they trade him. No, not know. with that. Injury was, maybe, history. maybe a late, maybe a late first round, like a contender. They'd be willing to give up a late first round for for Daniel Hunter, but. Not, not what did the top, Bears not get for Daniel or uh, not Daniel Mack, Khalil Mack? Uh, like they only got the like second, second rounder. rounders. I think so, yeah. Right. Which and is fine. I mean, yeah, he's older. yeah, he's he's a little older than Daniel is, but I, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing. I mean, Quasi, I think, kind of alluded to it. He's like, we only have the offers that we have. If they're getting lowballed for like, we'll give you a sixth rounder for Dalvin Cook. It's like we'll just keep them and run them into the ground. Like we'll try and compete with these guys. That's not a problem. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Matthew Collar mentioned this too. Like the Robert Woods trade, the Rams traded Robert Woods to the Titans, and I think they got a seventh round pick for him. If Quasey did that with Adam Thielen, oh my <laughs> God, this this state would I, not just because of the whole he's from Minnesota thing, just because as much as I rag on him, Adam Thielen's a really good football player. 
And if Quasey comes in and like, well, that was the deal we got. And I decided I was going to trade Adam Thielen. We would have ran him out of town. So, I, I mean, that has I something think, to do with it, too. Wasn't Robert Woods coming off like, didn't he tear his ACL? Last he year? did. I feel like, yeah. Yep. So I'm sure that played a uh, part. And uh, I would say Adam Thielen's been a better receiver than than Robert Woods in his career. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a little biased. Um, but yeah, I think if they finish 22nd or 23rd in the NFL next year, I think you you do have to get rid of you got to start getting rid of people like even even Daniel Hunter's like I'm pretty sure it's going to be very difficult to get rid of Kirk Cousins unless he approves a trade somewhere else. But you got to start, you know, Harrison Smith, Neil Hunter, Eric Kendricks and uh, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Like you got to just start, you know, let Irv Smith go somewhere else. You know, if you have to move on from maybe Brian O'Neill, like just just get all the assets you can to to build a better team for the future that can sustain success and not one that's just like, oh, we had we had a good year this year, every five years, you know, we had a good okay year this year, every three years. Like that's that's kind of how like the Vikings franchise feels like it's been for like the last two decades. It's just like a pretty good season here, a really good season here, okay, we're we're in the hunt. Like but you look back at the like Danny Green's tenure in the nineties. They were they were pretty consistent. They made the playoffs like every year. They didn't do a whole lot in the playoffs, but they made the playoffs, I think like eight out of his ten seasons. Uh so I think that's more of a, a place where the Vikings want to be is just like that consistency. Obviously they want to pr- do better than that. They want to actually win in the playoffs. But you know, that kind of sustained success is probably what they're shooting for. And uh, they might have to do that. Might might have to, you know, take a few steps backward if they want to move forward. Um all right. Next topic. So the Vikings could have a, a, a bit of a, a punt returning problem. Yes, this is uh, it's May 26th. So we're talking about the punt returning situation here in the Vikings offseason because we are scraping from the very bottom of the bowl. All right. So uh, Vikings special teams coordinator Matt Daniels spoke with the media uh, the other day and he, he was asked about the team's punt return situation. And he revealed that four players have been taking punt return reps. And OTAs this spring, they are KJ Osborne, Amir Smith-Marset, rookie Jalen Naylor, and rookie Thomas Hennigan. Uh, and then he went on to describe their performance as, quote-unquote, rusty, uh, which is not really a gleaming review, uh, if you're going to use that word. So, you know, two seasons ago, the Vikings were historically bad at returning punts. And uh, I think it definitely had an effect on uh, their ability to have success that season so so chris could the punt return job the punt return job be an underrated problem for the vikings next season yeah they haven't had uh success there since uh former john or fellow john marshall rocket marcus sherrill's retired oh, a couple years ago um yeah I mean, it's a big one when you think about field position. I mean, the 2020 Vikings had a long way to go almost with every possession they had. D.D. Westbrook was a little better last year, but he also had his moments. So I don't know. Is that a guy that maybe you go into free agency in this final wave and find a punt returner or a guy that's had experience doing it? Um, I don't think I want K.J. Osborne doing it just because that was a disaster a couple years ago. But that's what OTAs are for. 
you go out and you find guys, you try and use them in different uh, positions and you decide whether you want to use them or whether you don't want to use them. Remember Anthony Barr almost on a yearly basis decided to put him at edge and they never did again. Why? Because they saw something they didn't like. So I'm not sure what the answer is. We're just going to have to find out as these OTAs continue, as they go into mini camp, um, maybe even a training camp and see who is available. And you could also, you know, sometimes from camp cuts, you could find a punt returner that way. Um, It's really going to be interesting. You know, I will say that Matt Daniels was really impressive up at the mic. I thought oh, yeah. that he was he was very prepared. Uh, yeah. He had a lot of energy that we're just not used to in these uh, press conferences. Uh, he said that he loves rookies, which is hilarious considering what the old regime thought of rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just another reason to like this coaching staff. I mean, I will say the one thing about the coaching staff is that they're likable. That doesn't mean Jack if, once they start playing games. But I mean, I, I like the fact that they all seem to have a plan. They all seem to know what they want to do. Um, they're willing to explain their actions, which I don't yeah. think the past regime was willing to do. Um, I think that Matt Daniels, even if they're rusty right now, he'll find a way to fix it, whether it's internally or externally. So it could be a problem, but uh, I'm not sure when it will be extinguished, but I'm sure it will be fixed. Yeah, I think it's good that they're they're finding this stuff out now. Like you mentioned, is OTAs they're gonna have mini camp. It's a perfect time to find this out because you do have that, you know, few months before the season. You can sign, you know, free agents that are out there. I think Tavon Austin is a free agent right now. That could be maybe someone you bring in because he's had experience uh, as a punt returner. He's getting pretty old though. I think he's like thirty-two. Yeah, I'm I'm older than that, so never mind. Uh, But yeah, like. That's kind of why I like football because, you know, you could you think like you've solved a bunch of problems like with your offense. You could solve your problem with your offensive line. You could solve your 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 cornerback secondary problem. But then like there's these tiny little problems that could like come to bite you back in the butt. And you know the punt returner could be one where, you know, your team's playing well and they're they're beating a really good opponent and then you muff a you muff a kick or you muff a, muff a punt and you know. Or you're playing a really bad team and you muff a punt and then they get momentum and, and they beat you and knock you out of the playoffs or something like that. So like it's an important, important role. Um, I would not like to see KJ Osborne do it. One, because he was terrible <laughs> when he had the role in 2020. And two, I think he's gonna just he's gonna be the number three receiver. And I think his his importance is gonna be a lot more as a lot bigger on the offensive side of the ball than than as a special teams player. Amir Smith Marset. I think is interesting because he does have the kick return skills. And I think Matt Daniels mentioned that he has the the skill set that you like to see in a punt returner. Jalen Naylor, he's speedy. He's gonna he's a late round rookie. So if he wants to to make the team, this might be, you know, one of his one of his shots. And then, you know, Thomas Hennigan, undrafted guy out of Appalachian State. He actually has like the most punt return experience out of all these guys, aside from KJ Osborne. Uh, but he ran, I believe, a four seven forty. So, not really uh, thinking he's going to be a front runner for this. You never know. Um, but you know, you mentioned this guy. Well, maybe this isn't your choice. But you mentioned Marcus Sherrill's earlier. But you know, who is the best punt returner in Vikings history? You know, looking back, do you think it's Mister Sherrill's, or do you have someone else in mind? 
Well, statistically it is. I think he leads the uh, franchise in punt return yards or average or something like that. Um, trying to think of other punt returners because it's it's been a while since the Vikings yeah. have had a good one uh, outside of Cheryl's. David Palmer, I remember as a kid, was uh, very good as a punt returner. He was a guy yeah. that was kind of before his time where he was a bit of a mall. He was kind of a passing down back. But I mean, back in the 90s, it was kind of run the ball. We got a workhorse. We got Robert Smith. Why would we want to hand it to David Palmer? Um, you know, Mawalde Moore did it for a while. I don't think he was great, but <laughs> I, I know that he did it. Uh, yeah, as far as punt returns, I can't really think of too many. Can you? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's Cheryl's. He's, he's it's definitely the best. <laughs> no, I, I, well, you asked me for other ones, too. I mean, I wanted no, I to know throw if had, other names I, out there, but I mean, yeah, I didn't yeah, know if you had anyone in mind. Yeah, 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 easily, easily. He has most touchdowns, most yards, most returns. Yeah, go Rockets. Easily. He yeah. just is very efficient. Like, people are like, he's not that flashy, but you could rely on him to just not make a mistake, uh, except for what the divisional round against the, the Niners, and then it was time to go. Um, but here, you know, I got, I compiled a list of some, some former, well, notable players who have, uh, returned at least one punt in their time with the Vikings, which is, uh, this is deep in the off season content right here. So, uh, we got Randy Moss. Um, I think you can find a big one against Kansas chiefs. Yeah. yeah, Sunday night football. Yeah. I remember Uh, that. Stefan Diggs. He returned some punts. Okay. Uh, Robert Smith. Back in the day, returned some punts. Okay. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen during the early days yep. of, of Adam Thielen. He did that. Nate Burleson. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Carter. Going way back here. Yeah. Um, and Cordell Patterson gave it a one shot. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> but uh, and then I have, a, I have another question for you. Uh, you know, so Cheryl's holds the all-time Vikings record for, for five punt return touchdowns. Do you know which two players... Are tied for a second. All right, was it Moss? Nope. Okay. I didn't know if he had um, returned many, but... Nope. He has, uh, he has, he has it... one. All right, I'll go with David Palmer. He's one of them. No, the other one. Okay. Okay. Um, Anthony Carter. Nope. You, uh, you, you, you already mentioned the other guy, too. Moaldi Moore. Oh, well, okay. Moore and David Palmer have two career punt return touchdowns for the Vikings. So they are second. Well, see, when you asked me about Cheryl's, at least I named like the two other good punt you returners. Did. So, I mean, I have that. I know some of my fellow JM alums are being like, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I know. I was just I wanted to put other names out there. OK, I worked at a high school newspaper for a while and they're like, name everybody on the team. So yeah, yeah. that's what I was doing. Yeah, no, yeah. Mawalde Moore and, and David Palmer and Marcus Sherrill, they're the, you know, they're on the on the pedestal of, of Vikings punt returners. Um, but it, just looking at that stuff, it just makes me realize, like, how many of, like, some of the best receivers in Vikings history have returned punts. Like, you look at Stefan Diggs and, and Thielen and, and Moss, and it's like, well, I, and I feel, I thought Adrian Peterson did did one, but he, I think he was just a kick returner. Um for whatever reason, they uh, only trusted mm-hmm. him with with kick returns. Because I remember he had, as a rookie, he was he was doing kick returns. 
because uh, I think the he returned Chicago one. game. Yes, he yes, ran yes, one yes, back, yes. didn't he? There you go. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, all right, we'll move on to our final topic, which has to do with uh, kind of just looking back at the off season. So you know, the off season's almost over for the Vikings and, and the rest of the league. So it seems like a, a good time to just look back and reflect on on some of the things that they did and and didn't do. So you know. Pretty simply, looking back at the last few months, Chris, what has been the most exciting move or decision, in your opinion, that that the Vikings have made? I had to think about this, not because I'm being negative, but this offseason was like getting socks for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're disappointed when you get them, but I mean, the older you get, you're like, I didn't want to buy socks anyway. This is awesome. (laughs) So I think a lot of the moves were just kind of like, eh. So I would say the one that wins by default is Zadarius Smith signing with the Vikings. Um, He's a name. He's had a lot of success with the Packers, especially against the Vikings. Um, Viking fans always get excited when they sign former Packers. They're like, yeah, they get to play him twice a year. Yeah. And I don't know. His back might not hold up. But I mean, that was probably the most exciting move because Not only is he going to be a force on the field if he's healthy, um, he's going to be a positive influence in the locker room. He's already rubbing off on Daniil Hunter. Um, He's all over those team-produced clips uh, where he's there, and everybody's like, yeah, let's go, let's go, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, Minnesota, baby, we will play Green Bay week one. You know, so as far as, like, absolute exciting move, that's probably it, and, like, it moved the needle. It was exciting. It's more exciting than not exciting. But I mean, th- there wasn't much competition. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just so, so speaking on Zedaria Smith, I think he's probably got a career in TV or whatever if he wants to. He's mm-hmm. just got that that outgoing personality where just everyone just no matter what he's talking about, you want to listen to him because he's going to make it sound interesting. So if that's that's a future, you know, that he wants to have, then I think he would do well in it. Um, I would pick, you know, sticking. I guess I'll, I'll take the negative. I get. I don't even think it's negative because we're talking about like the most exciting, best moves or whatever they made this offseason. I think it was moving on from Rick Spielman. You know, he was there for a long time. He had a lot of chances to turn things around. Um, they're just getting stale, and they're running into a lot of the same problems. His his recent draft classes were just not good, even though he's getting like 15 players at a time. There was like one or two that were turning out to be even helpful at all. Um, and and the move to move on from it, I don't think it was expected. I think a lot of people, you know, most people expected Mike Zimmer to be fired. I don't think too many people expected Rick Spielman to be let go, but I think it shows that, you know, it was nice to see Vikings ownership kind of, you know, put their foot down and, and make a big change for the front office. Now that was really like the one of the only changes they made they were willing to make to the team this year, but I think it's significant and they got I think they got a really good GM in uh Quasi Adolfo who seems to like, you know, is very forward thinking, he's really really optimistic and positive. He's he's, he's going to do things a lot differently I feel like than the previous regime. So, I think it's, you know, it's it was a good move that that needed to be made. The things were just they're just starting to get stale, um, and it was it was time to move on. And now Rick is you know thriving on TikTok, so you know everyone got the best out of it. 
Um, you have any thoughts on that? Um, yes, but it also coincides with what you're about to ask me next. Okay. But okay. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, and we we can move All on. Right, then, and I'll give you my yeah, thoughts. On the flip side, what has been the most disappointing move of the Vikings offseason? It's that they're running this thing back. And it's not because I don't think it's going to work because I think the Vikings could be a 10 win or maybe even 11 win team under Mm -hmm. Kevin O'Connell. It's that, you know, part of the problem towards the end of the year, I think, was the players and some of the players in the locker room. You know, the Minnesota Wild is something that a lot of people compared the Vikings to, myself included, as they got to the end of the season. And I know that they didn't have the playoff success that uh, many of us had hoped for with them, but it's a very similar situation. There are some players that seem to be a negative influence around the building. And right now, everything seems fine. Um, It's almost like when the substitute teacher walks in and you kind of, you know, sit up a little straighter and you might try and see what you can get away with. I think that's the process that's happening right now. And if, like we said in the open, if this team loses, a lot of those players are going to be sent packing. Now, I I don't know who is a negative influence in the locker room, but I mean, I'll borrow a line from Judd Zolgad. This team wasn't likable last year. Like there weren't a lot of players that you could really get behind and be like, all right, every Sunday. I love the jersey. I love the team that I'm cheering for. But a lot of the players were just kind of like, like Kirk Cousins. Um, in some ways, you know, Dalvin Cook had the off field mm-hmm. incident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as players had to sit out games because they weren't vaccinated. That was kind of a PR thing, too. There were a lot of things that kind of rub people that mind. Brashad Breland, he, the ultimate heel in terms of the Vikings. Like, yeah, just bringing a lot of these guys back. You're just like, okay, was it the players or the coach? And that's going to be the theme of this year. So, I mean, when Quasey and Kevin O'Connell came in, you thought, you know, hey, we're going to play Madden. We're going to sweep everybody out and start something new. They keep everybody. It could work. It could uh, lend its way to a better season this year. But I think it was just really disappointing in the end. And like I said, it was like getting socks for Christmas. It might be good in the long run, but it's not real exciting. That's a very good metaphor for their their offseason. It's just it, it really really it really was because you they made these big changes. And, you know, every year you get excited for Christmas, you're like, what am I going to get? You know, like it's going to be like a new video game system or whatever. And it's going to be a PS5, yeah. No. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's like, it's it's as big as a PS5, so it might be, but it's like, no, it's just a huge package of socks, uh, which is kind of what happened uh, to the, like, they got, they're brand new, you know, you know, they're, they're the mo- more modern socks, but uh, just not really what you're looking for at this point. Um, I would My go... parents would rap, okay, go. Uh, I'm, I'm just, yeah, just throwing this out there. My parents would actually rap, like, gifts inside of larger boxes that weren't yeah, the actual yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know i i mean yeah that's pretty yeah. much what it is it's like oh this could be something bi- oh it's just it's a pencil it's just a restructure for harrison smith okay <laughs> yeah that's not cool don't i don't i'm not gonna do that to my kids if <laughs> if it's a big present it's gonna be a big present um my most disappointing moment or move or non-move 
for the Vikings this offseason was the decision to not hire Jim Harbaugh. Um, this isn't a knock on, on Kevin O'Connell. He seems like a great guy, and, and he could end up being a, a very good coach for the Vikings. But I think based on what we know about how the Vikings essentially brought everyone back from the 2021 roster, at least some of, most of the main guys, Kirk Cousins, you know, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, Eric Hendricks, like Daniel Hunter, brought all these guys back and how they continue to say they want to be, you know, super competitive and compete in the playoffs and everything. Like Jim Harbaugh feels like he would have been the better option to get the Vikings over the hump and potentially into a Super Bowl. Um, you know, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think Kevin O'Connell right now is going to come in and transform the Vikings from what they were last year into, you know, a 13-win team competing for the number one spot in the NFC. Could be wrong. Let me just say that again. Could be wrong. Um, but if if Harbaugh was the coach, I think they might have been able to do that next season just based on what he was able to do in his short stint uh, with the Niners. You know, at and most of his college stints, he's been able to transform his teams rather quickly as well. Um, so I just think based on what the Vikings, what their ownership wants this team to keep doing, I think Harbaugh would have been the better option. And we, we don't know, you know, if he was asking for a bunch of money or, or what he wanted to do with the team, we don't know why it worked, didn't work out. But I think like when you're, when you put Harbaugh and, and Kevin O'Connell side by side and you're like, you know, we want to compete for a championship relatively quickly. I think a lot of people would pick Harbaugh. Um, do you feel similarly or, or differently? I think a lot of people wanted Harbaugh. Like, yeah, it, Twitter was just a blaze uh, <laughs> when everybody thought he was going to su- be hired as the head coach of the Vikings. Like, everybody was refreshing, and then all of a sudden, it didn't happen, and we're just like, "Oh, Kevin O'Connell." And I, I don't, I don't think O'Connell's going to be a complete dumpster fire. I mean, I would be shocked if this thing just goes yeah. like multiple three win seasons or whatever like that would be i would be floored but (laughs) you make a good point in that you know knowing what we know now in the direction they went in with this roster like jim harbaugh was never going to come in to take over some rebuilding project it was going to be hey let's win a super bowl that's what i'm here for and they basically executed the perfect plan for if they did hire harbaugh you know extending everybody playing financial gymnastics to keep all the players running it back like that would have been what it would have been under jim harbaugh and people would have been more excited why Mm -hmm. because you have jim harbaugh you have a proven coach you have a coach that's been to the super bowl um like you've speculated before it's kind of fun to wonder what happened in that building was he insane did he you know, rip his shirt off. Did he say, Hey, let's go work out Colin Kaepernick, which is something else that could have happened. Um, lots of things could have happened in that building. And yeah, I'd agree with you. It's still a little bit disappointing, but I think they're in good hands with Kevin O'Connell. I just don't know if we're going to see the immediate boost that we would have had with Jim Harbaugh, because I think, you know, if we want to say, Hey, the Vikings want 11 or 12 wins might be that might be the guy to do it yeah well i think when people when they picked kevin o'connell i think people just assumed um you know that was a sign that they were gonna be more in a a rebuilding mode you know kind of cut cut ties with a bunch of their guys and they didn't do that they kind of did something that people probably felt they were going to do if they hired harbaugh 
Um, so I think that's kind of what's maybe gotten people maybe less in- enthusiastic about like their approach where it's like, why did you hire the rookie head coach and the rookie GM to go with, you know, the team that already didn't work? Like, why don't you have them do bring in their own guys and, and try their own thing? Uh, but I don't think that's entirely up to them. But we don't know that either. But yeah, I just think the, the, the what they want to do is compete. And I think Harbaugh would have given them uh, a better chance to do that. Um, and I could be totally wrong, too. He could have come in and been Urban Meyer 2.0. Um, I don't think so. I think don't think he's as much of a jackass as, as Urban Meyer is. Um, but, you know, we haven't seen uh, in terms of in terms of college coaches coming to the NFL, we haven't seen too many uh, good ones recently. I think, you know, Cliff Kingsbury has been OK. Matt Rule has been a disaster. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer was a disaster. But, uh, yeah, it's not 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 been good. So I, I, that was that's. I feel like that's more personally for me too. It's more personally disappointing than it might not be represent the whole fan base because uh, it's just, I, I wanted Harbaugh to be the head coach. I'm not going to lie. It would have been exciting. And it would, I, I feel like they would have had a better chance to, I don't think they would have been 23rd in the, in the PFF rankings. I don't think they would have been you know 19th in Peter King's rankings. They would have been, you would have been a content machine too. Yeah. Like as writers, we were, we would have been jacked like, all right, his, his press conferences would just be must see, like yeah. YouTube watches. It's not must see television. The Vikings like would that. have been on prime time like five times if Jim Harbaugh was a head coach. Like, and they have one, maybe two, two prime time games next year. They yeah, must see. But it's okay, and that it's weird too because because the Wolves, I feel like the Wolves are are the type of owners that that like those. They like those splash moves. They went and got Brett Favre. You know, they they kept adrian peterson around after he got got in trouble and and they 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 got what justin jefferson and they signed kirk cousins and you know they they've done all these things that uh they've made a bunch of trades they traded for randy moss back in the day and and jared allen and like all these big moves and it's it's it was i think it was just or uncharacteristic which makes it feels like someone else might have had a more input on that decision um, I'm sure we'll never find that out either, but yeah, it was just probably the most interesting thing to happen in this, not, not only this Vikings off season, but like Vikings off seasons in a long, long time. Like we're going to look back, back in like 10 years and be like, Jim Harbaugh was almost the head coach. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, re- I remember that. It was this close, but, uh, yeah. Not anymore. Now he now he's back. He's back in Michigan, like where he always wanted to be. So you know, just <laughs> just kidding, guys. Just just want to see. Uh, just want to have a little talk. I'm back though. It's where I wanted to be. Lol. Uh, sh- sure, buddy. We'll see. We'll see where you are next year. Um. All right. That's what we got for today's show. A little shorter, but like I said, it's it's May 26th. There's not a whole lot to talk about unless you want to talk about the new rule, new practice squad squad rules. Uh, that the NFL just passed, you know, pretty exciting stuff, uh, but not really. So uh, make sure you like this video, subscribe to this YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, uh, follow Chris on Twitter. You can follow me if you want. I don't really care. Um, but until next time, which will be next Thursday, because Monday is a holiday. So spend time with your family. Don't watch this podcast. 
uh, you know, spend time or just get some some rest, I guess. Uh, but until next time, we will talk to you.